Here's what you missed from the KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. 90.9 KLRC. Good morning, Christy here. Mark is out of the studio today, so I am solo, kind of. I've got the man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) Chaplain Justin is here in the studio this morning. Chaplain, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, I love it. Good morning. Well, I've, I've got a, a question for you. Mm. Recently, I heard a sermon, and it was talking about unplugging your ears to the voice of God. Yeah. And I hear this a lot. I know I've struggled with it in my own life, where I'm like, man, I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm talking to God, and I cannot hear His voice. Yeah. And so I want to ask you that question. What do you think is behind that? Why can we not hear God's voice sometimes? What could be the block? Yeah, I mean, this is a a big topic. Uh, I'll try to maybe go through a few things, actually. Uh, One, I remember uh, my little boys, we were reading a Bible story before bed, and the Bible story mentioned Isaiah, who heard uh, God's voice and, like, told the people. And Mm -hmm. they just asked, I've never heard God's voice, you know, very concrete. You know, they're thinking about my voice, you know, Mm -hmm. to them. And how do you hear God's voice? And I'm like, oh, that's very important. And I do that a lot to kind of get their attention. You know, mm-hmm. oh, good question, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, we'll talk a lot about this as you're growing up. But uh, one thing you know for sure is that God's voice is going to sound like the Bible story. Mm. The more you get to know uh, his scripture, that is his voice. And so we begin to recognize, oh, God, you, you would sound like this. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes something like this. If, you know, you hear God's voice kind of speaking, love God with your mind, heart, soul, and strength. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, probably. Love someone else. He prompts to love someone. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds like you. Make a disciple, mentor someone, you know, those kinds of things. Oh, yeah, that's what you're like. So sometimes we overcomplicate it. The other thing is, you know, if we are fanning the flame of sin instead of snuffing it out, guess what? We're plugging our ears. So we're not hearing God because we're not listening to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we, we are choosing what, what he doesn't like, what he doesn't want. And so practically our, our vision, our hearing, all that's clouded and muddled. And then, you know, if God's all powerful, he probably doesn't need to shout. Mm. And so a lot of times we're too loud. We're too distracted. We're talking too much. Maybe it's time to get quiet and listen for the whisper. And guess what? That whisper is probably going to, sound like the the Bible story, like I told my kids, you know, mm-hmm. like it's going to sound like his, wor- his word, and it's, maybe it's going to be really simple, just like be still and know, oh mm. yeah, oh yeah, I, I know that one. And uh, those kinds of things that often come through whispers, and it comes through scripture, and um, yeah, it really helps if we're, we're on the path of just righteousness, one step at a time, saying mm. no to what God says no to, and yes to what God says yes to, we're going to hear a lot more clearly. Mm, I love that. One thing when you said, you know, sin will block us, like it plugs our ears. It's not that God isn't speaking. It's that we literally can't hear him. Yeah. Don't want to. That's the we hard part. We don't want part, to. Yeah, we that, want something else more than that right and now. And that hardened yeah. heart. That hurts. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I know for me where I have struggled to hear God's voice, it's usually something along those lines mm-hmm. is there's a lack of humility on my part, a lack of repentance. And it's not until I come to my knees and I'm like, God, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm trying to do this thing for you. And when my heart shifts and changes, 
I do. There's there's an open pathway there that starts to form where I can hear his mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chaplain Justin. That's good stuff, man. You're welcome. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. All right, here we go. It is round one of the Wednesday game Battle of Generations. Uh, this is going to be interesting. We have a uncaffeinated millennial here in the studio with us. Oh, no. I'm tired. My <laughs> eyes are just, just picture them droopy and just done. I really need to go get coffee. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I've ever met an uncaffeinated millennial. Before. I think this is wonderful. <laughs> Because this gives me an edge. That's that's all I know. All right. So Andrea is here. She will make the best of it, despite not having had coffee yet this morning. Maybe by round two, the coffee will come. Okay. All right. So she will rep uh, the millennials. Of course, Christy will rep Gen X. And our favorite data guru here in the building, baby boomer Scott is here. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Have you had your coffee today, Scott? I've had a little bit of coffee today. Okay. Okay. All right. I started early. (laughs) Okay. He'll probably need a nap after the game this morning. Come on now. A true boomer. True boomer. Hey, no one should ever, ever be ashamed of a nap in my book. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's get started. Scott, you are in the hot seat. All righty then. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Your first question is from Andrea. So this is something that uh, millennials would be more apt to know. In the movie Leap Year, nice tie-in because we got Leap Year this oh, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, good. In the movie Leap Year, Anna leans into an old traditional lore that on Leap Day, a woman can propose to her boyfriend. To do this, she attempts to fly to the place of origin of this lore to surprise her boyfriend and propose, but is diverted to the wrong airport by mistake. What region was this where this lore originates is she trying to fly to? See, like, I cannot concentrate that long. Like, you guys can never give me a hard time for long, it's not that for long, long questions. Question. That was a novel. Like, uh, I up. really did just fall asleep. <laughs> See, now you know how it feels. <laughs> yeah, oh, keep this so, in mind. Are you caffeinated or not? <laughs> <laughs> right. I am, actually. Okay. All right. Okay. So, th- so we're, not, we're not asking about the place where she landed. We're asking about the place where she thought she was going to land. Yes, Correct. where was she trying to fly to in the movie Leap Year? Okay. The character Anna. Okay. Is it? Scotland, Wales, Ireland, or the Netherlands. Mm. Mm. I have not seen three of those are right in the same neighborhood. That is true. Mm -hmm. You know your geography. I'm so proud. And Scott learned geography before Google. Like when we wow, like he studied actual maps like in your hand. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I could tell you stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Probably had a globe in the classroom even, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> All right. So was it Scotland, Wales, Ireland, or the Netherlands? Uh, I'm going to take a stab at Scotland. Okay. In the movie Leap Year, Anna was trying to get to... Ireland. Oh, man. No good guess, though. That's a good guess. I mean, they're literally, like, when I lived in Northern Ireland in college for a school thing, you could see Scotland on a clear day (laughs) across the way. So it's like, you were so close. Yep, super close. Did you listen to a lot of the Irish music? 
She went to a lot of the Irish pubs. <laughs> <laughs> she was a JBU school and, trainee. I know. And ministered. That's yeah. what she was. That's ministered, right. yes. That's exactly. right. Um, <laughs> all right, so that would be a point for the uncaffeinated millennial. We're going to get letters about this. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number two. Uh, this is from Christy. So, Scott, this is something Gen X would be more apt to know. In the 1990 movie Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> Scott's doing the scissors, yes. Uh -huh. Johnny Depp plays the role of Edward, an ageless, misunderstood humanoid who falls in love with human being Kim Boggs. At Christmas, inspired by his love for Kim, Edward carves out a giant ice sculpture and the ice shavings fly into the air as if it's snowing and Kim dances in the snowfall. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about short questions? <laughs> I'm just painting the picture. I'm painting okay. the picture. Well, we got the full color version. <laughs> what is the image of the ice sculpture that he's carving? Edward Scissorhands. Did you hmm. see this movie, Scott? I think I probably did, but it's been a long, long time. I was going to say, yeah. I, re what, I remember, what I remember seeing it, but it's been a while. from this movie is him... Uh, Cutting everybody's shrubberies. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's right. And he would cut the the hair of the women in the neighborhood. They were like he was like their beauty salon. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what is the image of the ice sculpture he was carving? Was it a heart, an angel, a couple holding hands, or a puppy? <laughs> okay. All plausible. <laughs> I'm going to go for the most complex one. Okay. The couple holding hands. The couple holding hands. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess that makes sense in, in a little yeah. love. It's a good guess. Developing. Uh, he was trying to sculpt an angel. Mm. Okay. Okay. It, it was That's an a angel. That's a hard really? question. Really? See, I. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe not for a Gen Xer, though. You know? Yeah. Like he was sculpting it, um, inspired by his love interest, the Kim Boggs, she mm -hmm. played by Winona Ryder, and so it was it was her face on the angel. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Aww, nice. yeah, yeah, so sweet. Nice. Together now. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. All right, so it's round two, and score update. Since I'm filling in for Chaplain Justin, uh, score update: Millennials with a point. Whee! Uh, Xers with a point. Oh, yeah. Baby boomers still waiting, but we'll get there. I have a feeling. Could happen. It could happen, yeah. In fact, it could happen this round. Um, let's see. Andrea, you're in the hot seat. Feeling hot, hot, hot. All right, here we go. Question first is from Scott, the baby boomer. So All this right. is something baby boomers would okay. be more apt to know. A chance for you to build the lead or Scott to get on the board. Okay. On Leap Day, another nice reference wow. to Leap Day. Well done. Great minds. Should be Think bonus points for Andrea and Scott. <laughs> On Leap Day in 1972, which of these Major League Baseball legends signed a three-year deal for $200,000 a year, making him, for at least the moment, the highest paid player in baseball? <laughs> Now, some of those guys make that in a day. I know. <laughs> I would love that deal, though. Right? Like, let's go. Okay. You said baseball Major League legend. Baseball, right? Yeah, Major League okay. Baseball legend in 1972. Okay. 
signed this three-year deal on Leap Day. Okay. It's a challenging question. Yeah. I don't know anyone that's going to know this unless you're like an ESPN junkie. <laughs> I'm ready, though. But I'm it's not my options. question, so right. I'm very open to this question. I actually think, Scott, that was a brilliant question. Okay. I knew that was coming. I see how y'all are pinning against uh, me. I appreciate that affirmation. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Scott wants to get on the board. All right. Here are your options. Was it Hank Aaron? Catfish Hunter, what? Reggie Jackson, or Carl Yaminski. I always get his name. Carl Yastrzemski. That's it. What? Yes, Carl. Played for the Red Sox. Yes. Okay, be honest. Is his name really Catfish? Yeah, Catfish Hunter. His real name was Jim. Right. Okay. But, everybody knew him as Catfish. but he had this mustache with these long whiskers. So <laughs> he had this nickname. He was called Catfish Hunter. He, does you know? Catfish he was a pitcher. Hunter. Incredible. So 1972. I want to go with Catfish just for the name. Like, how iconic, you know? <laughs> but also, like, would, would you sign a $200,000 a year deal with someone named Catfish? I don't know. <laughs> That's a fair question, I guess. You know what? Curveball. Okay. Let's go nice. Reggie. Well you know? played. Mm. Oh, did I? The pun not intended. <laughs> wow. Here nice. we are. Maybe I don't need caffeine after all. Um, Reggie. Oh, okay. Switch and going with Reggie. Okay. Let's go with Reggie. In 1972, it was Hank Aaron. Oh, see, like I wasn't even close. <laughs> That's a point for the boomers. Wow. wow. Great question. question, Scott. Because <laughs> it didn't come to you. <laughs> That's exactly right. That was tough. Okay. That's a hard one. All right. Andrea, yes. here's another chance for you to score a point. I'm ready. Um, from Christy, so something Gen X would be more apt to know. Wearing colorful suspenders and big red glasses. Steve Yurkel won the world over with his hilariously quirky endeavors and most popular phrase, Did Can I, I do, do that? that? <laughs> what was the name of his popular 1990s TV show with Steve Urkel? I might know this, but I need options to be sure. Okay. This was a show. So at my grandparents' house, we always slept in the basement in a pull-out couch, and there was a TV there. So my sister and I would watch all sorts of shows at night yeah. that probably weren't age-appropriate yet for how little we were. But so that's what I remember of. I remember we watched it every week. Yeah, yeah we did on. too. It was huge. All right, was it Family Matters, Family Ties, Silver Spoons, or A Different World? I think it's Family Matters. Okay. Final answer? It, oh, no. Or could it be Family Ties? I think it's fam Family Matters. I'm going okay. with it. Checking in? Mm hmm It was Family Matters. Yay! Man, I was trying to remain with a, like a, a poker face. Uh -huh. To not give it away that I was upset that she got that right, but yes. it didn't matter. She well, that is through. a point for the millennials <laughs> who take the lead with two. Baby Boomer Scott on the board with one, Gen X with one, and Christy, you're in the hot seat next. All right. Can I do that? The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. It is the third and final round of the Wednesday game Battle of Generations. We've got a pretty good little battle yeah, on our hands. It's neck here. and neck. Yes. Um, so, Andrea, repping the Millennials, she is in a current lead with two. Yeah. Baby Boomer Scott with one, and Christy repping Gen X, one on the board, too. So, if I get both questions correct, you would win. I would win. Yep. A second week in a row. <laughs> yes, Just thank to throw you for that pointing that all out. Um, uh, let's go one at a time. Okay. All right, Christy, you are in the 
a hot seat. All right, so your first question is from Scott, our data guru and repping the baby boomers. So something baby boomers would be more apt to know. It's probably like what happened on August 1st, 1932 (laughs) in Philadelphia or something. 32 might have been a little early. (laughs) All right. Which of these 1970s teen idol musicians Mm. passed away on Leap Day in 2012? Another Leap Day reference. Wow. So proud. So passed away on Leap Day in 2012. That was a 1970s teen idol. Okay. Okay. So passed away, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it David Cassidy, Bobby Sherman? Davy Jones mm. or Bobby Goldsboro. I know none of those names. None of them. Okay. I'm going back and forth between Davy Jones. I, I, you know what? I think let's go Davy Jones. Okay. Final answer. Final answer. All right. Uh, on Leap Day in 2012, this 1970s teen idol passed away. His name was Davy Jones. Yeah! Cheer up, Sleepy Jean. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I loved Davy Jones. I used to watch uh, the Monkees. They would, you know, uh-huh. the TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, and, hey, um, the and then, yep. I don't know, I was reading something not too long ago about Davy Jones. I think that's kind of why, why where that came from. That was a good guess. because The two Bobbies are actually still alive. Are they really? They're okay. in their 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know so much Leap Day history was out there. Scott's like... Tapping into it today. All right. um, That's a point for Gen X. We are tied up with the millennials and Gen X. And one question to go. Two weeks in a row. Come on. I'm going to do this. We got to break the streak. Break the streak. And millennial Andrea has no caffeine today. This could be a historic win for all millennials. My eyes are closed as we do all of this. All right. Your final question. For the win. This is from Andrea. This is something the millennials would be more apt to know. Bear in the Big Blue House was Playhouse Disney's favorite for younger millennials. Bear and his friends have many adventures in the house together. A popular member of the house was Tutter. What kind of an animal was Tutter? I've never seen this show. Was this a childhood fave for you? I did not love it as much as a lot of my friends, but it was very classic and very, like, soothing to watch. Like, it wasn't fast-paced and things like that, so it was just very, very yeah. chill. It okay. was uh, created by Jim Henson originally, so. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it's fun. All right. Um, Bear in the Big Blue House, huh? Yep. Was, was Bear Blue? Or just the house? Just the house. Okay. Just curious. Which has no relevance <laughs> has nothing whatsoever to, do with anything. to the answers, but <laughs> That's really just... good, helpful perspective. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are my options? Your options for are Tutter. Was Tutter a mouse, a lemur, an otter, or a baby bear? Mm, otters are so cute. What great animals, too. I know. Uh, lemurs, I don't know. They're a little different. I'm, I'm a... <laughs> I'm going to throw the lemur out. Okay. Um, Baby bear feels like it's not creative enough. I don't know. Maybe Tutter was like the little baby. This is for the win. Otherwise, the the millennials pull it out. Baby cubs are super cute. I... You know what? But I feel like they needed a different type of character. I'm going to go with the cute otter. Okay. Yeah. 
In Bear, the big blue house, uh-huh. Tutter was a mouse. Oh, oh. So there was otters. Their names were Pip and something else, but there were otters. Oh, man. But Tutter was a mouse. Tutter was a mouse. You know what? I, I feel like the millennials needed this win today. It's been a while. <laughs> I need something to make up for my lack of caffeine. Cheese medallion will do great. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, congratulations to Andrea and the millennials. Congrats. <laughs> The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. Today's story comes from Seattle, Washington. Alaska Airlines flight attendant Amber May went above and beyond her typical duties when faced with an unexpected and unusual request during a flight from Atlanta to Seattle. So Amber, who has a decade of experience in the skies, has encountered her fair share of peculiar situations. But... None quite as unique as the task that awaited her on this particular flight. Get this. Six precious Chilean flamingo eggs. Yes, I said flamingo eggs from Zoo Atlanta were en route to Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle. They were cradled by a zoo official with a portable incubator. Okay. But mid-flight... The incubator had stopped working, putting the delicate eggs at risk. A passenger on the flight rang the call button and asked if the flight attendant would keep some eggs warm. (laughs) That's where Amber comes in. So responding to this urgent plea, Amber leaped into action, collaborating with the animal keeper to devise this amazing solution. She took a bunch of rubber gloves, filled them with warm water, and created this nest to keep the eggs snug and shielded them from the chill of the cabin. And through the entire five-hour flight, she tirelessly supplied water-filled gloves to maintain the necessary warmth for the eggs. So when the gloves would start to get a little chill, she would go refill, get new gloves with warm water. And what I love about this, too, is the passengers, they are watching this whole scene take place and their compassion kicks in and they start sacrificially offering their jackets, their coats, their scarves to also help insulate the flamingo eggs. And it was just this collective effort, which I think is such a beautiful display of humanity. You know, and what's so fun is months later, Amber, the flight attendant, received An unexpected and joyous call from Woodland Park Zoo. The zoo, they expressed their gratitude for her swift and innovative intervention, and they invited her to meet the very beings she had played a crucial role in saving, the baby flamingos. It was a reunion filled with warmth and, of course, feathers, as all six chicks successfully hatched and are thriving. And Amber said... These are her words. In my 10 years of flying, the request to help save flamingo eggs was one of the strangest I've ever received. But I'm honored to have had the opportunity to help. And I'm happy that all six chicks hatched successfully. And I know Amber will never forget that experience, but I bet those passengers on the flight won't either. And to me, it's just such a a beautiful depiction of what we're all called to do. You've got total strangers who all came together to help one another for this greater cause, which in this case are those flamingo eggs. But as a body of Christ, I think we can do that too. Differences aside, helping one another, joining hands for the greater good. And that's to spread the love of Jesus. 
And that's your positive difference story of the day. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christie. 